Hello there. How are you doing? It's been a while. I'd like to introduce you to the most supreme Tony, the breaker of trees, the hater of comic sans and memes, and the maestro of wood. Tony. And a very good afternoon to all of our listeners, those across the world in most remote places. We see you and we love you. Yes. And stop picking your nose. We can see that. <laughs> and we know when you're doing the thing. Yeah, we know. Always so. watching. We're always watching. We're like Santa Claus, but like pervier. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. We don't we don't watch anybody. So what's up? Welcome to Yinsnet, everyone. Uh, how's everyone doing? Meaning you, Tony. How are you doing? Because no one else is going to answer me. Right. Yeah. I, well, at the moment, I'm peachy. This is the day three of a three day weekend, and I love time away from work. You Things know, are going well. I, I agree. I, I really enjoy time away from work. Three o'clock can't hit soon enough, Monday through Friday, because then I'm done. And that means I go play disc golf or I do anything other than fucking pay attention. What I was saying is, I don't know about you, but I am like over looking at computer screens. When I'm when I'm done with work, the last thing I want to do is log on to my computer, even like being on my phone or my iPad or whatever. I don't want anything to do with. And also, like, I I'm at this point in life where it's just like work gives me a paycheck and it gives me the ability to do the things that I love and want to do in life. But I have no interest in like furthering my career. <laughs> Um, oh no, I'm right there with you. I have had um, over the over the last couple of years, even even pre-COVID, I had those opportunities of folks being like, "Hey, you know, you've been here for a while, or we know your skills are X, Y, Z, blah blah. What do you think about going into management?" And I was like, "No, absolutely not. Been there, done that. Don't like it. That corporate ladder thing. The mm -hmm. amount of money that I would get for going into management is not worth the headache. Like, I'm simply not built for that. I have no interest in doing anything more than what my position entails right now. I like being an individual contributor. I don't want to do anything with management. I don't want to have subordinates underneath me. I don't want to be a team lead. I, none of that stuff. Like, that's headache that I don't need throughout the workday. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, that work is a paycheck that gives me money to do stuff that I want to do. Absolutely. I don't even think I, I like, there was no moment of hitting that stage in my work career. That's what I've always thought of work. Somebody's paying me money to do something I'm actually pretty good at. I might not love it, but I'm good at it. And then I can take that money and go do stuff that I actually do love. That has mm -hmm. always been the case. The, you know, hustle culture and going to get this side gig and blah, blah. No, no. I, I did a one, a, one side gig ever as a freelancer. And I was like, never fucking again, never again. Am I dealing with random public people asking me to do shit, to build a website for their cousins, brothers, llama, whatever. Never yeah. again. I, I, I really have just like where my job is and what I do, I don't have much growth opportunity because like I'm processing certain things. If I want to move my career upwards, I would become a programmer. I have no interest in becoming a programmer. I have no interest in becoming management. 
I do not want to deal with people. I don't want to deal with the people I have to deal with now, <laughs> let alone adding more people to this. And this year, like for my goals for work, they gave me stuff where I'm branching out and, and I'm in charge of certain things now. And I have to fucking do all these stupid meetings. And it's like, I am not a meeting person. I hate meetings. They're, they're a fucking waste of time most of the time because it's very rare that I feel in what I do that we have a very positive meeting. You know, one where you walk away and you're like, man, this was, I just fucking felt good about this. No, I, I'm not having that. And and so like, because my only career options is basically programmer or management, and I have zero interest in any of that, then this is a dead end job for me. And I'm never going to get the pay raise that I want. I'm never going to get a lot of stuff, but also at the same time, I'm so beat down. I, I don't want to learn new things. And I don't mean that in, I love learning things, but in the work sense, I, I really don't. I, I It's like, I don't want to go and get certification for like A++ or any like certifications. Like I, I have no interest in that. I don't. And I know it sucks, you know, because, you know, we need money and you need if you want to further your career you need to learn stuff and i'm not against learning stuff it's just like what i do i i just don't have a future you know i mean i have i have a future in staying where i'm at because like this isn't going away but it's just frustrating i know that i have a lot more years of work left in me but it's my <laughs> i really don't want it <laughs> i really don't want it I I absolutely sympathize with that, man. It's just lo looking forward to the days of being a Walmart greeter because yeah, that, that's my retirement plan, dead or Walmart greeter. So that's what all of our retirement plans are, basically, unless you're a YouTube creator that can throw millions of dollars on derby cars, whatever. It's just, I think it's part of the Gen X just thought process of eh, whatever. We, we've seen what our parents had to do and how they stuck around the, the boomer generation stuck around with jobs until they retired and they got pensions for it. And, but they fucked up the system behind them so that everybody mm -hmm. coming up the chain doesn't get the same opportunities that they did. So yeah, like there is no company loyalty anymore. Why? When a company can lay you off because they need your salary in order to fix up their fourth house in the, uh, Barbados, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. what what is the point? You sign my paycheck. That is the end of the transaction. I do work for you. I trade my time away. You pay me. We're we're done. That's everything that encompasses this employment transaction. I and I can go and do with that money whatever I want with it. Yes. I found this on the web. <laughs> okay. First off, my phone, my watch wants to talk. Second off, oh, I want to I want to take a pause. Do you oh, hear okay. that? Uh, no, I heard your your watch going, but I don't hear anything else. Okay, because Mal is decided to sit on my lap, and he is like right next to the microphone, and he's purring his ass off. So this this if you can hear this, anybody, you know this this segment is sponsored by Mal's happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Next, <laughs> the next segment is Mal's dismay when he's like taking a chunk out of my hand. But, you know, anyway, so, yeah, work, you know, just and, and especially with the youth now where 
the main job that people want to be, kids want to be, is an influencer. And w- this is society now. And yep. it's sad. It is so sad. And I know we talk about this before, but it is fucking sad. I, it, it's just really frustrating. I Honestly, like, w- if, if I'm ever able to retire, because let's face it, um, th- they're going to push it back to, like, 90 by the time we retire. The reti- yeah. retirement life ex- Life expectancy for a male in the United States will be 81.5, and they will push back your Social Security benefits to 93. Yeah. So I'm never going to see any of this. So I'm probably never going to be able to, to retire. I'll just live down by the river, you know, in a van. So, you afford that van, though. You got to have insurance on that van. Um, I think I'm going to just wing it because, <laughs> I mean, at this point, you know, I don't want to work at Walmart. Honestly, if I was going to retire and have a job, I want to fucking own or, or work a fucking disc golf clubhouse where I manage a course, take care of it. I get to play all the time. And, you know, just that's it. That's all I want to do that. And and have a little cafe there, too, so you can play music, you know, have a little like concerts and, and stuff. That would be cool. That's that's what I would like. That that would be my dream. Now I'm already practicing. Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> I love that dude in that movie. Yeah, that 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 is a great movie. Everyone should know what movie we're talking about. And if you don't, then. You're missing out. You're missing out on a great movie. So yeah, work, blah, whatever. Good, good things though. You know, summer or spring is approaching and we've had other than like a week and a half of like really cold weather. It's been rather mild to the point where it was like 70 last week. Today is 51. I, I got to go out and play around the disc golf this morning. So I'm looking forward to, you know, more sunshine and better weather so I can hang out on my porch. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What, do you, what do you got? You got like big pool plans? Uh, n- Nothing quite yet. It is still only in like the upper 70s, low 80s here in middle of February. So that's awesome. Spring has already sprung. Spring never went away. Summer is already here for us. And um. Yeah, you know, I walk out, throw my feet in the pool for a little bit. It's still it's still a little too chilly for me to actually go and jump in. Uh, I'm usually not a big fan of like full immersion in the pool unless we're closing in on 90s. So uh, we're, we're still a little ways away from that. I have acclimated to the heat and the cold water it makes me a bit nibbly. Did you get the heater fixed? No, no. In fact, um, <laughs> as part of the roof repair, you know, getting the, the new shingles and everything, all of those um, heater panels on the roof got tanked. So oh. we would have to put every, well, they were damaged um, in the hurricane as well, to the point where like there are so many tiny little tubes. And when the either my shingles or neighbor's shingles, whatever was flying around during the hurricane would impact them, they ended up making either giant slices across those uh, little heater tubes or a bunch of tiny little pinprick holes. So running water through that was just going to be leaking water into my house off of the roof anyway. And replacing those and getting the heater fixed is is a hefty chunk of cash that I just don't have at the moment. So 
instead of having the roofing company lift those things up, put the, the um, shingles underneath of there, put those panels back down when they're broken and they're going to need to replace anyway. I just told them, cut them off, take them away, toss them. Cause even if they were good, they're, they were going to be piecemealed and they mm. would have had like integration issues with whatever new system I would put up there. So I just told them, take it all, get rid of it all. At some point, I will look to replace that whole system because uh, insurance paid for part of it, not all of it, but it is still mm. pretty pricey. So yeah, we're, we're basically relying on actual ambient solar power to heat that up instead of the solar panel, solar power to heat that up. And uh, yeah, until it gets to be about 90s outside, that pool water is still a little cold for me. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you think of 70 and it's not that it's not that cold when you're used to 90s it is absolutely fucking cold <laughs> yeah but you know mal whatever you're doing like you're just sometimes owning a cat is just too much fun <laughs> oh absolutely yeah i i have you know the three of them that are wandering around that at you know 3 34 in the morning decide that they're going to get into a turf war and the hissing and screaming happens so that's lots and lots of fun to wake up to yeah, well, he's sitting on my lap in between me and the desk, and I had I I did something new this time and put the microphone in the drawer so I can like pull it out further. And he's sitting in between me and the drawer and just keeps pushing the drawer in, so the microphone is like getting all screwed up. And it's, it's just like he he just wants to cause a ruckus today. All attention needs to be on him. He, he is he is needy with the attention. I will say that. So um, one there is a new segment I would like to have, and it's called Tree Watch. Okay, Tree Watch. Okay, Tree Watch. Okay, because you're the maestro of wood. I thought you would appreciate this. Absolutely, I already love it. There is a tree at the end of my street on the corner of the main road, and um, it is hanging over the street now. We've gotten some very big ass fucking winds lately. And, you know, sometimes it's a little bit scary seeing how just how much the trees are moving with everything. The back of the um the roots are starting to like push up. So there's this big like mound in the back of the tree where, you know, you see at any moment this thing is just going to topple over and it's going right into the house across the street. So every week it feels like it gets further and further. Now it could just be me because, you know, I mean, we're getting old, so there is that, but I, I seriously feel that it's slowly like moving forward because sometimes like I'm coming home and it just looks like, wow, it's, it's just on an angle that it's like, how is that still, still upright? So I want to talk about this. Every time we do an episode, because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I I want it to be documented because it's 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 really felt like it moved a lot recently. So, well, that, that's an excuse for you to break out the camera, like mark someplace on the railing or whatever on, on your um, porch and put like a tripod leg down so that you can set up a time lapse of this tree to see like on a daily basis or on a week to week basis, just how much it is actually falling and lifting up the roots. 
So if you get like a time lapse of this thing, you'll be able to see that it is, you know, slowly, slowly falling on the house across the street. And you can yeah. chronicle it and watch it and put it up in like one of those flip book style time lapses. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I would like to do something like that, but I don't know if I can make it work through the screens and make it look good. I do have a camera that's above my garage, but I, I need to get on the let get up a ladder to make it some adjustments to it. So I don't know how soon that's happening, but <laughs> yeah, I just pure laziness. That's all. Uh, plus I don't really have a ladder. I'd have to borrow one from one of the neighbors. So there's that. Oh, you can borrow it from the neighbors whose house is going to fall on. Be like, listen, I want to borrow your ladder so that I can take pictures of the tree that is falling on your house. Well, I thought about the the ones right next door because I do see that they have a ladder and they said I could borrow it at some point. But I, I the the house that the um, tree is likely to hit was on the market for months and it just recently um, got like the sign was taken out. I haven't seen it go for sale or anything, so I, I, I don't I don't know the full deal with it. But who's going to buy that house? when that tree is just pointing right at it and it just seems like it's sinking further and further to, towards it. So yeah, either nobody showed up for like the open house or it was bought sight unseen by some nameless corporation overseas or whatever. And it was like, Oh, of course we have this rental property now. And then the second that they close, that's when you know that the tree is going to fall in and collapse a wall. Mm -hmm. Happy housewarming. Here's a tree. <laughs> Boosh. Look, nature. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have a free sunroom now yeah okay one thing that we did talk about in our last episode was our super bowl picks oh yes yeah i wanted to get to this as well because but, our uh choices were prophetic i believe <laughs> so okay so we had you choosing the 49ers and me choosing the bills and I also wanted to point out that we totally did not add Kansas City to the mix of this uh, list. So we didn't have that horse in the race. Yeah, that that's I can chalk up. I thought of that afterwards as I was editing that podcast. I was listening in and was like, wait we just forgot completely about the ones that had the bye weeks because they were the number one seeds. And I will chalk that up to not me specifically, not being familiar at all with how that playoff is set up so that when we were talking about, all right, here are the matchups and here's how things are working. That bye week completely threw me off. So I did like, I didn't even acknowledge that the chiefs were in there and what was it? the Eagles? I think were the other ones that had the, whoever was the ones that actually went to the fucking Super Bowl anyway. It was Philly and Kansas city. But the thing is we did talk about Philly cause I picked Philly um, to win and then we that game ignored Casey. Yeah. That it's just, we are awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. When it, when it comes to football, uh, our predictions are top notch. Wait for I, our pick. Wait for our, wait for our fucking NBA picks. Huh? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That that's going to be incredible because I think I know the Lakers, the Clippers and uh, are, are the, the Boston Celtics still around. Yeah. Okay, or, that's that's it. That's all that I know, and that's because of Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and the Clippers were always terrible. Orlando Ma Magic. What about the New York Knicks? The Utah Jazz. I know uh, Seattle Supersonics oh, are no Carl longer. Carl Malone. A team. 
Carl Malone was still there. What about Detroit Pistons? Isaiah uh, Thomas yeah. was on there. We're yeah. going back to the fucking 90s for my basketball knowledge, man. Chicago Bulls, yeah. Um, the Golden State Showers, right? Yes, yeah, the Golden Showers. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the gold, what is it, Golden State Warriors or something? It's another California team. I don't care. I don't give a shit about basketball. I don't care who wins or loses or whatever. Hey, as long as the Harlem Globetrotters are still in the mix. Absolutely. They should win it all. I mean, yep. for how talented they are, I mean, misdirection all over the place. How are they not winning the NBA every year? I know. It's it's refs horseshit, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, so back to the football shit. I picked the Bills to to go and win, and the Bills lost to the Bungles, and the Bungles lost to Kansas City. So, yeah, that was that was a pretty. We were so off. I'm so glad <laughs> that we don't pay attention to football all that much. Yeah, this this was just bad. I mean, none of the teams we thought were going to be there were. I I think the nine Niners won around or won a week or whatever. So I they was right the on that Cowboys, one. I believe. Yeah. So I think we were like one for six or something like that. So, well, I, I chose the Bengals, the Bengals over Baltimore and the bills over the dolphins. So I think I, I, think I did both of those as well because I liked, I said the Bengals yeah. were orange and yeah, the, the bills because of the, the guy that had the, um, heart attack on there they would like they would at least go one uh rallying around that guy mm-hmm. and then they would tail off because that's not going to last so I, I think maybe maybe the details might have been a little off but i'll still take the wins yeah i mean i'll i'll take it when when we get it yep and we did not we did not do well so yeah no but you know if if people still want to ask us what our predictions are uh you can still bank on that you can money in the bank. We cannot guarantee accuracy and I wouldn't bet the house on it, but we will give our picks and, and, you know, it might be fun. So if you have a sport that you want us to, I know Michelle's going to have like some fucking like roach racing or something like that, where, you know, they put cameras on the back, little tiny cameras on the back of roaches and they see who wins, you know, I don't know. I, I, I could just see her finding some sport like that yeah bullfrog races bullfrog races wouldn't it be something with birds because she loves birds oh yeah yeah if they were they were um crow battle royales yes that's that's one i think that would be right up her alley yeah um speaking because you said when you're talking about the Bengals and the dolphins and about or the bills and liking the colors or whatever yeti uh has a new color out it's like a sand color it's it's more orange so i they haven't they they started slow rolling out like some of the the products of these new colors there's a canopy green and there's some sort of like sand color sand orange or something like that i don't know but yeah i'm just i just wanted to let you know because you know i collect those yeti mugs and i have as all the like the special edition colors that I can get because I, I can't stop because these cup these mugs are just fantastic. So uh, I just wanted to let you know because there's a new one coming out. I, I appreciate it. And like 
I still like the the lobster orange or whatever the orange one that was bright, vibrant orange that they put out a bunch of years ago that is now like $300 if you want to get it on uh, eBay or something stupid like that. I like I like that they have all of their items in different colors. I just hate the fact that they're pulling a Magic the Gathering bullshit with them where it's like, it's a collector's item and you need to get this color right away before we discontinue it artificially to rack up all of our prices. We're not going to get any of those prices because it goes to resellers, but fuck you anyway. Like, yeah, just, just what is the difficulty in maintaining that color indefinitely? Nothing. Do, it's do like you have it's, to repurpose the machines. Like, are you putting a different dye in there? If that's the case, then the dye can be washed out and you can have multiple runs of this stuff. It's not like you're coating this in liquid osmium or something that is a limited rare earth resource. Just fucking rerun the colors. Well, they do on occasions do that. And... I know. And then everybody, all the resellers buy that shit out because they have email subscriptions to yeti and they find out the very second that they reissue the lobster orange and they buy a thousand fucking cups like this and then they sell them again for 300 dollars on ebay because fuck them <laughs> well i mean it is king crab orange and uh, it's, it was a crustacean i was close yes uh and during christmas i think it was black friday actually they did they do like the garage sale where they they bring out like old colors or something and make a special run? So they did have King Crab Orange for like probably like six hours, and I was able to get one for Christmas. So I do have the King Crab Orange. Oh, nice! Yes, and I got yeah, a I, I looked way too late. I was well after Black Friday, and uh, I looked for that, and they're like, "Nope, it's out. Too bad." Yeah. So, so I started to get on some of these Yeti like buy sell trade groups that are in Facebook, and you know how people are with collectibles. Holy shit! In fucking sane, yes. In fucking sane, the amount like I, I mean, I'm I'm a light collector because it's like I'm not searching for old colors or, or special things or anything i'm not doing any of that i'm just like okay you know what if a new color comes out is it special edition i'll buy it because i love these mugs and i would like to have the colors and have a big assortment you know man these people are crazy it's like they're going and buying coolers okay okay yeti has an array of products that you can you know for for anything you know they have bags they have mugs they have blankets they have clothing they, they have everything and it's like the amount the people and the shit's not cheap so like i i i get it this this mug is 36 dollars, so or 35 dollars. so that's a lot to spend on a fucking mug but you know what i use these things daily i i usually have two mugs one with like water and if i'm drinking anything else like iced tea or coke or whatever i have that in another one I'm constantly using them. So it, I, I have no problem, you know, because I will use it. But some of these coolers are like $500. And yeah. they're buying like multiple coolers as collectibles. And it's like, it keeps your shit cold. <laughs> yeah. How it, long How long do you need it to stay cold for? Uh, are, are you going on week-long trips into the Outback? Then sure, buy a couple of Yeti coolers for $500 a pop. If mm. you're taking a day trip, to the beach 
you can buy a styrofoam cooler at any supermarket for like two fifty. That's not two hundred and fifty dollar, two dollar and fifty cent, and it will keep all of your stuff cold for that entire beach trip. Yeah. So, I mean, their shit is expensive, and I try to get the stuff that I want when it's on sale, when it's free shipping. You know, because the, the mugs I get, you, you can technically only get them in on the website, but I I did notice that Dicks has like four four colors that they'll they'll sell there so that's kind of nice that you can actually get a couple of them in the store but i don't know it's just it's just crazy just seeing there was somebody had a cooler it was a red cooler and it had like a chris stapleton it was like a limited edition chris stapleton cooler it just had like it's just a graphic they put on on the top of the cooler and it's like I need a price check, and it's like that's like six hundred to a thousand dollars. Jeez, for a fucking cooler that has a decal that says Chris fucking Stapleton on it. For one, who the fuck is Chris Stapleton? I I don't know. Okay, <laughs> you got me there. Okay, so there's that. That's the first thing. And who the fuck is spending a thousand dollars on a cooler? Chris Stapleton. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> a fan of Chris Stapleton. Who collects coolers? Uh, the thing is, they are an investment because these people are fucking crazy and will spend top dollar for a fucking used cooler. And I guess they hold up value. So I guess it makes sense. But I, I mean, I don't collect that much things anymore. Uh, I mean, other than these mugs, you know, I did collect regular mugs from Starbucks for a while, but they're just sitting there. And part of me is like, well, hey, I could probably make some money off of these and sell them. I am a member of the Starbucks mug club, you know, on Facebook. So I could go and be like, hey, I have these. Anyone want to want any of these? And boom, I might be able to make some money. Who knows? I I 100 percent understand that I am quite the hypocrite on this because I have in front of me as i stand here in front of my microphone a box of many many magic cards i have multiple boxes in my office of comic books now i was a fan of some of those comic books but there are comic books in there that i bought just to have so that i can resell later i'm not i'm not going to do it because then i'd have to catalog it and then i have to put them up on ebay and then i have to in- involve myself with the unwashed masses out there of choosing beggars who want to pay me pennies on a dollar on this thing. There's way too much work involved in offloading the shit that I've already collected that I'm just going to burn it all one day. Like just take it out in the back, throw it in a big old fire pit, burn everything because why not? Tony, leave me all your collectibles in your will, please. And thank you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, like I know we know people who do the eBay thing for a living like they make a pretty penny off of it by flipping stuff that other people don't want and i will be one of those people that when i die somebody's going to come in and look at my estate and be like just get this shit out of here and somebody's going to roll up and be like i will take everything for five dollars and whoever is handling my estate will be like fine just get it the fuck out of here and then that person will invest way too much work in cataloging all of my shit and selling it but yeah, but, you you have you have all of my you have my um vibram discs coming your way. Oh sweet. Uh but seriously, your your magic cards. You could easily sell those 
just be like, look, I, I have these these big ticket items and then I have these sets, blah, 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 whatever. Whatever they're worth, you know, you can be like, you know, looking to sell all, make an offer and 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 just be done with it. Yeah, I absolutely could. And, and just you like, can enjoy that money everything. now. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, okay, so that could like, you know, put a new heater in your pool. That could, you know, a nice vacation. Hookers and blow. I mean, whatever you know tickles your fancy. The the problem is finding a buyer. I have actually tried to sell the big ticket items around here. Mm-hmm. I've gone to multiple card collectible comic places that will sell newer magic cards and stuff. And I said, hey, I've got this card. Here is what it, it says for book value. What would you offer me for this? No responses. Four different places, no responses on it. So I guess unless it's one of the big 10, which are still in demand, it's a dual land and it's in great condition. It will replace my pool heater (laughs) if I sold it, as well as various other ones that I have. Nobody's biting. I know that there are conventions that are Mm -hmm. around here, like uh, Tampa has them, Miami has them, Orlando has them. I could drive over there and it might be worth my while to drive someplace I don't know if it would be smart to be wandering around in those halls with a card of that expense on me, but I don't know. I'll have to find yeah. I got to find one way or another to offload it because it it is absolutely worthless to me. I'm not doing anything with it. I'm not playing it. I'm not framing it and putting it on my wall. It's sitting in a safety deposit box right now. So, looking there is there is a magic the gathering uh, a bunch of different magic, the gathering marketplace buy sell trade. So, okay. You join this group. There's 41,000 members. So the chances of you being like, okay, I have these cards. This is my collection. This is everything I have. Plus like random condom, con condoms, con- commons, <laughs> all those, you know, bullshit cards. And it's just like, I'm looking to off- offload this all now. If anyone's interested PM me, make an offer. And, and, you know, you're not really doing any work. And I mean, you're just posting. And if somebody's interested, they will contact you and find a way. And, and then it's just money for you. It, like I said, it's hookers and blow money. It's fucking, let's go on vacation. You know, let's go something, you know, do anything that it's part of me is thinking about, like, I, I have an acoustic guitar that, you know, I, I did a little bit of research on and it's the worth of it. You know, if it was in a little bit better condition, it'd be closer to a thousand dollars. But it's more of like a five to like six hundred fifty dollar range for the, the condition. And I'm just like, man, I, I should just sell it. I mean, it's not that much, but it's it's like a 1980s tacamine guitar acoustic guitar which it's it's great there's nothing wrong with it but when it comes to acoustic i I, it's just really big and clunky for me and i prefer like i I have a fender acoustasonic which is like the size of an electric guitar and it's it's a lot nicer to play it doesn't have as rich of a sound but it's it's more comfortable and i enjoy it more than playing that older one so you know it's like i should just sell it and then it's like, I have all these Pearl Jam posters, which, you know, I love them, but you know, some of them 
I could make some money off of. Is it worth it to sell those? Maybe not the couple of them, but other ones maybe. So, you know, I mean, can't take it with us. And I mean, it brings us joy to an extent, but at some point, somebody it's at some point it's just going to be worthless and somebody's going to throw it out. Exactly. The baseball cards that I'm sure my dad had when he was younger could have bought a McMansion, but his mother, my grandmother decided that they were all worthless and she tossed them out when he was at school. So yeah, story is old as time. My mom gave all my star Wars, uh, transformers, all, all my like toys to my cousins who had no interest in star Wars or, or like transformers or anything. And I think it's in their basement or something still. And I'm a little bit pissed off because I would love to have those back, (laughs) you know, if they're still there, because I mean, not to sell them just to fucking that's my fucking youth. (laughs) I want that back, you know, (laughs) Uh, I I am happy that my parents are borderline hoarders and mm -hmm. their basement is full of boxes of random shit. Granted, it's uh trying to get around down there to find various things is just outright dangerous. But uh, I I still have the GI Joes that I would uh, melt candles over or the the models, the model cars that I would spend hours on in the basement putting together. They're still in a box back on a shelf that is exceptionally dangerous to get to because shit will fall on your head, but uh, they're back there. And uh, I did while I was up in December. Um, my niece is big into cars now. She loves, you know, the Disney cars, movies and stuff. But she's yeah. also been branching out. She's at at an age where like the older muscle cars of our age and even my dad's age, like the late 60s, early 70s muscle cars. She loves just looking at them. And I was like, I have dozens of those things in a box someplace in the basement. So I went down and I dug through and narrowly escaped with my life to grab a couple of them that were still mostly held together. The glue that I used, uh, it was the Esther Estes, whatever the orange tube super glue stuff that was supposed to last, but is exceptionally fragile. So I brought up a bunch of stuff that didn't crumble in my hands as I brought, uh, brought it out of the box. And I brought a couple of, of specimens out for her to check out and play with. They were like coated with this weird decaying um, cardboard dust so I had to clean all of that shit off, but gave her like an old Model T and like a Thunderbird and she was playing around with them. And I was like, they're going to break, but don't feel too bad because my dad will fix them. Like he's got super glue that'll work wonders. But it was nice to be able to go down, find <laughs> this hidden treasure from like the ancient past and hand it off to somebody that would actually that, that actually appreciates it instead of like yeah. your cousins who don't give a shit about Star Wars or whatever. I was able to pass that on and be like, here you go. Have fun. Break it. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. So some other news, Um, Justin Roiland. So yeah, he he's been canceled. So uh, Rick and Morty are now um, going to be voiced by somebody else. Mm -hmm. Why, why are we not um, putting our our fucking hats in the ring? Hmm? Because I want nothing to do with, anything that he has done i want nothing to do with that franchise and that fan base so you're no longer going to watch any of it like you just you're just done with him and anything he's done i mean even though dan Harmon has been a part of this and and you know everyone else who's been writing it you know uh, well, you just... 
the honest truth, I haven't watched the last two seasons. Huh? Yeah. It's, it's, it, uh, it got to a point where I was like, all right, um, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of done with the Rick and Morty thing. There was a period of time where I thought it was entertaining and the storylines were interesting. You know what? I think I, it might not have been the very last one that I stopped watching, but it was right around the time of like the sex dragon episode. I was like, this is the jump the shark. They're fucking done here and I don't care anymore. Like there are voice actors on that show like Chris Parnell. Absolutely mm-hmm. love Chris Parnell and basically everything he does. He's got other shows I can watch, man. Uh, Sp- uh, Spencer Grammer. I don't know what else she's doing, um, but she did pretty well with Summer. I hope she continues on and does well elsewhere. But uh, yeah, once that thing hit, I was like, I'm out. This is my bus stop, man. I'm done. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm still going to watch it because I do still find it entertaining. I, I did watch this past season. There there were some gems in there. Absolutely. I, honestly, I've watched so much TV. I couldn't tell you anything that's happened in this last season because I've watched so many other things, too. So uh, nothing has really stood out. But there was a lot of funny stuff, though. Are you watching anything else? Uh, I watched Instead? Uh, nothing regularly. I know that just recently at the beginning of February, the legend of Vox Machina came out on the um, second season came out on Amazon prime. So I watched that they released like three episodes every Thursday and they finally finished it up last week. So I watched that, but that was, you know, that's a quick binge um, because it's only 12 episodes and it came out all within a month as far as TV shows. No, that's it. I, I don't really watch TV that much. Do you do you have do you still have um the Apple TV? Oh no no I because I uh, never had it. I thought you said you did. No, Mm-mm. I thought you I thought you got like a free month so you could watch. Oh yeah, uh, Deer gave me a free three month thing last year when he was down here, but I never used it. Oh well, I, you should still be able to use it. Right. Well, I'm basically waiting for um Ted Lasso to come on to use it. March fifteenth. Yeah, I saw um, YouTube had a couple of the season three trailer clips come on. And I was like, listen, man, there's there is absolutely nothing else on that entire Apple TV network that has any interest to me at all, more so than Ted Lasso. So I'll use those free three months to watch Ted Lasso. And if anything else happens to catch my eye while I'm watching it at that time, then great. But yeah, I wasn't going to burn those three months on random shit in the middle of summer well i mean you should still be able to use it uh there is something else on there that you should be watching uh why i'm trying to pull uh okay so the other thing that is on there that i'm really liking right now is called shrinking and that's with jason siegel and harrison ford which it's they're but they're therapists and he's jason siegel's dealing with the death of his wife and being like an absent father for the last year and doing hookers and blow and shit basically. (laughs) And Harrison Ford is playing the fucking cranky Harrison Ford, which I mean, he's, he's cranky. It's really, (laughs) it's really fucking done great. And it's, it's um, uh, done by uh, Brett Goldstein, who is Roy Kent of Ted Lasso. So I just it, it's fantastic. I, there's only four or five episodes out, but it is so good. It, it really is. So I would highly recommend that. 
And are you are you able to separate? I, I know I know it's acting. So um, hear me out on this. But are you able to separate Jason Siegel from his bitch character in How I Met Your Mother? Because How I Met Your Mother was fucking terrible. And he was a major part of why it was so terrible. You know, I disagree with you there because I liked How I Met Your Mother. Okay, 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 okay. It was dragged on for way longer than it should have been. But the overall, like, characters, I liked the characters. I liked the people playing them. So I so I wanted to see that, you know, so 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 I so I did like how I met your mother, even though it ended horribly because I was invested to an extent. I've watched how I met your your father, you know, with um whatever the fuck Lizzie McGuire or whatever, who whatever that child star actor, whatever. I don't remember who she is. No idea, because um, I actually thought that How I Met Your Father was like a an Onion article where they were making fun <laughs> of like, of course this was going to happen, but I thought it was satire and not an actual real thing. <laughs> so I didn't even know that it actually was a real thing. Well, I mean, you are on the pulse of all things, so I am. I'm right there in the zeitgeist <laughs> of the era. Uh, yeah, no, that's an actual thing, and they're in the second season. <laughs> I think they're like four episodes in on the second season, so. Uh... And uh, Barney did make a, an appearance in one episode this season. And last season, Robin made an appearance. So, I mean, yeah, there you have it. But it, the, the, anyway, uh, the show is called Shrinking and it's fantastic. And yes, I can. He's I mean, does he play a little bit of the similar person? Because like, I mean, that's it. I just feel like that's him, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's done really well in his interaction with you know, the, his patience and Harrison Ford is just, it's just great. So I, I, I really think that you should give it a shot when you do use the free three months. Uh, another thing I'm on that just got released is part one of the net, uh, season four, I think of you, which is on Netflix, which you don't have and have no interest in. Right. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I'm so glad that, you know, you're watching all the TV and there is something else. TV takes away from monster hunting. Monster hunting. Yes. Tell us more about your monster hunting. Oh, I I love it. All right. So you you actually want to go into this? This is is Monster Hunter Rise. Okay. So this is my my new addiction. Uh, Right now, Xbox uh, Game Pass for PC. So it is... I think it's on it's on consoles right now. This was a Switch exclusive for like the last two years. So Monster Hunter Rise has been out for a while, but it has only been on the Switch. And I don't like the Switch, so I never bought it for the Switch. I had been playing Monster Hunter World on Xbox forever, and I loved that game. And then uh, I stopped playing before Iceborne came out, which was it's like DLC um, part two. So I never got to see any updates on that. It was just like I did so much. I burned myself out on it and then put it away and started playing other games instead. So when I heard that Monster Hunter Rise was coming to consoles and specifically Xbox Game Pass Ultimate on PC, which means I don't even have to leave my seat after work. I just pivot over to my other computer and I play it there on my Xbox application, blah, blah, whatever. I was thrilled watching a couple of YouTube videos to find out, okay, things are exactly what I remember for the specific weapon that I chose. I loved it. And the day that it was released, I was downloading it 
And that evening I was playing it because I love beating the shit out of giant monsters that are the size of a house. So yeah, okay. Monster Hunter Rise came out and in a couple of months, the sequel to it, not the, the DLC, Sunbreak, that is already out and has been out for the Switch and for Steam, actually, um, that will be coming to consoles. But like that's late April, early May. So I've got a good couple of months to actually beat my thumbs into submission so that I can play um, all of the big crazy monsters that show up in Sunbreak instead of Rise. Right now, I've been like every evening playing Rise. Okay. Now, first off, I'm sure you're not just playing right after work. I'm sure, you know, oh, you're done in like half an hour, 45 minutes. Well, let me just, let me just load it up and get it warmed up. Ooh. You know, that, that one I have um, uh, solitaire for that, that little gap of time. I will, oh. I will throw together um, Microsoft solitaire and play that because I got to fucking pay attention when I'm playing rise. Cause those mm -hmm. monsters will kick my ass if I don't pay attention. So yeah, it work work is work until basically at four o'clock when I'm done, boom, finish it and maybe get up and get a refill of iced tea, sit back down, pivot over, and I'm in. Okay. Yeah, I have whatever Monster Hunter came out for the Xbox and it, the one it came up for the Xbox and the PlayStation. And I you had it too, and you played that one. I, yeah, I lost world. It. Yeah, I lost interest in it. I don't know. I'm I guess I just don't like beating monsters as much as you do. Oh, I love it. Like giant flying electrical squirrels, giant uh duck dragons, giant saber-tooth cats with wings. Yeah, line them up and I will beat them in the head with my shield until they fall over and I can take their teeth. <laughs> that's that's the goal is to get teeth. Uh teeth, tails, wings, claws, eyeballs, whatever you need in order to make the next set of armor to go and beat even bigger and badder monsters. Okay. I haven't really played that many video games of of late. I've been playing guitar a lot. So it's it's like, okay, I have some free time. Let me go play on play guitar. And then the next thing I know, it's like, oh, I'm tired. I just kind of want to lay here and watch us lose. Um so uh <laughs> So uh, I haven't been playing much video games, but I did pre-order Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor, Fallen Jedi Survivor or whatever. Um, it's the follow-up to like Fallen Fallen Jedi or whatever. I can't remember what that was fucking called. Mm -hmm. uh, but that one's coming out, um, I think, next week. And I haven't like I, I have I traded in my PlayStation Four and my one Xbox like a year or so ago to GameStop because they had like all these extra points and I ended up getting like over $600 for everything. And I was like really shocked. So I have all these like gift cards for GameStop. So it's like, I'll, I'll get that. And then I do want to pre-order the, the new Zelda, which is the sequel to um, a link to the, well, not the link to the past, the, the last one that was on the switch uh, breath of the wild. I'm excited for it, but because it's the same style and everything, I don't know how excited I am for it. <laughs> yeah, I I can get in that same headspace with you because you know, Monster Hunter World versus Monster Hunter Rise, you're still beating on giant monsters. And in some cases, they're the same monsters. Mm -hmm. With Like there's a different roster that uh, uh, there's over all of the games. There's a specific set of monsters, giant roster. And you'll get like 10 to 15 of those per 
uh, hunting level, whatever. And maybe you'll have 25 to 35 of them per game out of like, I don't know, 120, whatever the number is. But the mechanics are a little bit different. The graphic style is a little bit different. With Zelda, I loved Breath of the Wild. I played that when I first got the Switch like crazy because I enjoyed it. Um, Mm -hmm. But then it like it wore thin at a specific point. Once you get to like the end game, it wears thin when you can master everything and just any challenge didn't exist anymore except for specific Lionels out in the wild. Even the boss was simple enough to take out and more of the same. There are some games where I want more of the same. Crackdown, yes, please. Give me more of the same. I don't want new storyline. I don't want new enemies. Just give me more of the same and I will happily pay you more money for it. Mm. Zelda, I don't know. I think Zelda has a kind of reputation for changing up the mechanics with each one of the new games. And I don't know, more of the same for Zelda. It's disappointing. That's it. It, It's disappointing because you're always expecting something new, something innovative, something original with each one of those installments. And although I don't know if there is one of those like revolutionary systems coming in this new one. I haven't kept up too much with it. I mean, I love Breath of the Wild. I think that's probably my favorite one out of all of them being a link to the past. The second one, because that was my favorite until Breath of the Wild, because to me that that felt like Zelda. That's like this is how Zelda was supposed to be. So, you know, being excited for the new one, being in the same world, it's like, okay, this is great you know, have similar puzzles, whatever. It, like, I, I thought it was done well. And I I went to find every shrine. Like, I, my goal was to get every shrine before beating the game. Otherwise, I, I mean, I would have beat the game months before. But that's what kept me into it. It's just like, you know, I there there's like three more shrines I need. And then it's not, they were hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing some of the gameplay of the new one, and it looks like, you know, they go onto like floating islands in the sky or something. Now I've only seen like a handful of, of things, but it just, I understand that there's only so much you can do if you have this world, but they built this beautiful world for the last game. And if they're going to like change certain things up just to like, you know, flying on platforms and shit, I'm just kind of over that kind of gameplay. So yeah, so uh, speaking of another game and also a show, uh, The Last of Us, that is on HBO. I don't know if you've watched any of it. Nope, okay. don't get HBO. It is fantastic. Yeah, I, I really, I'm really enjoying it. Some, some things are a little bit different than the game, but seeing some of the same images that you saw in the game, like when they're driving away from their house and like which um direction they're going and like different signs it just it it's done really well and i'm really enjoying it my only complaint would be that in the game they go through pittsburgh and this they go through i think kansas city or something instead which oh, those sons of bitches yeah i know pittsburgh would have been so much better but that's just my opinion you know and the the other thing is we need to talk about how fucking stupid the penguins are. And I think that I'm I'm just going to let you rant because you're going to say exactly most of the stuff that I want to say. So, <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the tragedy of the Pittsburgh penguins. All right. So 
they're not doing well. <laughs> the rebuild is already here. The problem is our dipshit general manager and president of operations, they, their brain trust is quickly withering if it ever existed in the first place. Handing out stupid contracts to shitty players, that's a mistake. But mm -hmm. also, like, I understand it. It's nice to have the, the core trio right off into the sunset together as always being penguins. Of course, you know, you lost one at the core back in the expansion draft, but, uh, oh, well, that... I guess that, that just happens. But the three that exist here, if you're going to have a core, um, you might want to try building around that core. You might want to try finding players that mesh with those players and then moving forward in, I don't know, some semblance of a winning method. That's not happening. And no. there's blame to be thrown all over the place. Uh, there's blame to be thrown at Ron Hextall, the general manager, and Brian Burke, the president of hockey operations or whatever his fucking title is. Why he's even here is baffling because he's always been a shithead. And we're just continuing that on. There's blame to be put on Sullivan. I get it. Sullivan has to play the lineup that his general manager and president of hockey operations has provided him with. He's got younger players like uh, Drew O'Connor, Ryan Paling. Now, Paling is out uh, injured at the moment, but you've got players who are getting six minutes of ice time where the corpse of Jeff Carter is out there for half the game. And Chris Letang is out there making sure that uh, Brian Dumoulin's pylon is actually not just positioned off in a corner like the controller that uh, was controlling Brian Dumoulin got unplugged. The middling years are here where there is a reluctance to accept that the golden age has set and we're entering in a new X generation era of shit with one or two bright spots in Sidney Crosby still being an exceptional player. <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of like Jeff Carter. Why does he have a spot on our team now? Be because they gave him a stupid ass contract that had a no move clause associated with it. Yeah. Let, let's okay. So that was a big ass self-inflicted wound right there where Jeff Carter did have a very good year his contract year. Mm -hmm. He played really well. Um, that's when you sell high. That's when you sell him for assets because he was at the time like 36 or 37. He's 38 now. How many years left does he have left in him? At that age, things go wrong very quickly. How do I know? Because I'm over that age. And things went wrong very, very quickly. And I don't play professional hockey for a living. I don't get bruised and battered every night. He does. So shit's going to break down and he looks absolutely terrible out there on the ice, but they gave him a stupid ass contract with a no move clause. So they're stuck with him. There's nothing we can do about it. Nothing anybody can do about it now because he's not going anywhere yeah. as, as we've seen on the ice. He's not going anywhere. He just skates in circles, fucks up, gives his thing away and then goes off to the bench when the other team scores. So, but why not fucking bench him? It, it is it's bad. Like they, they've got, they've got one line that doesn't always show up when it does. It's great. Raquel looks amazing out there. Gensel mm -hmm. gets his, um, 
ebbs and flows. Some nights he looks really good. Other nights he gets bodied like a bitch. And Crosby's Crosby. He's never going to sit back and just coast. He's too competitive. He's too damn good. And when he gets line mates that can mesh with him, they do really, really well. Problem is usually opponents have some pretty good defense as well. And if all you have to do is match your first pairing to shut down Sidney Crosby, well, that's the game. Who's going to show up? Second line, Malkin. <laughs> uh huh. How many Malkin hat tricks have we seen in the past uh, couple of games? You know, the offensive uh, penalty, high sticking penalty, a giveaway, drop pass to the defense. Like he, he's he's not a, a second line center anymore. The the energy is gone from Malkin. He's no longer going beast mode. So. Again, giving him the contract, letting him and Latang and Crosby ride off into the sunset. Sure, that's cinematic. It ain't going to win you any cups. And the, the third and fourth lines may as well be ECHL players. It's we're, We are stuck. We have no movement unless we get rid of somebody and they agree to get let us get rid of them. Yeah, you that's know? the how about how about we give you all of our bad players and you give us all of our best players? The trade deadline's coming up, and that's definitely not what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, we're stuck. That's the thing. Like you said, we are the Penguins are stuck with the players that they have because there have been bad decisions in management and bad contracts handed out, such that there is no hope. The trade deadline usually came with hope. How can we make this team better or how can the penguins organization make this team better so that we as the fans can see them go further in the playoffs and hopefully win a stanley cup at the end of it how can they get better to overcome those obstacles and this trade deadline there ain't no fucking miracle that's going to get them over that hump it's not going to happen in fact it is very likely that this will be the first time in many, many years that they fail to make the postseason because there are other teams that are hot on their heels that, to those same teams' credit, they can't decide if they want to be in the playoffs either. Like, for how bad we're playing. And the thing is, like, we have moments of brilliance where it's just like, how the fuck are we not winning every game? And, yeah. and then and then it's just like, oh, yeah, there's a minute left in the period. That's why. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. We're coming down and it's a three on one with an empty net. How can we miss this shot? Uh, Teddy Bluger bounces it off the crossbar. That's exactly how you miss that shot. Yeah. They get in their own way way too often. Um, Their power play is atrocious. It's terrible. Way too many passes. Nobody has that killer instinct on if I shoot, maybe it'll go in. Or if I shoot, Maybe somebody down low will be able to sweep it in for an ugly goal. It's uh, it is frustrating to watch as a fan mm. because we know they were better. We know they had a team that was very good, and then it was piecemealed away for shit. So where where is the hope now? We know that they're not in a rebuild because if they were in a rebuild, neither Latang or Malkin would have been resigned. Yeah. They, like I said, they're they're going riding off into the sunset together. As long as that core is there, and as long as Sidney Crosby can still lace up his skates, they're going. The Penguins are going to try to make the playoffs somehow. Mm-hmm. They've handed out terrible contracts and are now stuck with very minimal moves to make anything better for the playoffs. At least this year, 
There is a lot of money coming off the books next year. Um, we're paying less money in a dead cap to Jack Johnson. And we're he's still on our fucking books this year. So we're paying him for nothing. Yeah. Um, hopefully Dumoulin goes someplace else because he's a pylon. And that's like 4 million right there. I believe there are a couple of other uh, free people that are going into free agency that we absolutely should not resign. Cool. Let them all go. Let's retold. If there was a sign of hope at this trade deadline, the Penguins should be sellers. They should absolutely not buy any players. They should not try to trade for players. They should try to trade for draft picks because then you can trade those draft picks afterwards. You can sign people in free agency. Um, You can start a rebuild of the team while the core is still together, but that's not what's going to happen. Um, No. Ron Hextall is not that smart. Brian Burke is not that smart. Um, They've been around forever because of their name and pedigree, not because of their expertise at hockey management. And Hextall was a fucking flyer for life. You he, know, and he tanked the fucking flyers and he's now tanking the penguins. Like, what did you fucking expect? He's terrible. There are so many. It, it boggles the mind how people can be so absolutely terrible at their jobs, yet still manage to not only stay in that job, but get hired for other ones. Like right now, Chuck Fletcher is the GM of the flyers and he is terrible. He was terrible when he was GM of the wild. He's terrible there. How does he still get jobs? Um, Todd Reardon, you know, head coach. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he went he went from uh, assistant coach of the Penguins to uh, head coach of the Capitals, and now he's assistant coach on the Penguins again. Like the dude's fucking terrible. Get him out of there. There's this yeah. old boys club where they just cycle around. No, <laughs> there there are reasons why their teams lose. Peter Chiarelli, Edmonton Oilers, like. Connor McDavid is the best player in the league. He has been the best hockey player on the face of this planet for the last few years. Where's his hardware? Everything's personal because he's the best fucking player, but they can't build a team around him. Yeah. Penguins built a team around Sidney Crosby and they did pretty damn good. And Sidney Crosby for a while was the best player on the face of the planet. He's no longer because other people come and they take the crown and you know, whatever. Um, McDavid did it here. We'll see what Bedard can do once he gets drafted and wherever he goes. But uh, it's, it's the management of these teams repeatedly fuck up and they just cycle around in a never ending game of musical chairs. And right now the Penguins have two of those morons in Ron Hextall, who has tanked two teams consecutively and Brian Burke, who likes making uh, news stories about beating up people rather than actually doing his goddamn job. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of feel like this is the year that we probably missed the playoffs. And if we don't, there's no way we're getting past the first round, not with it, this team. We need a goalie. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah. Jari has not been healthy enough to be a starting goalie. And honestly, he, he still doesn't, like Flurry stole games. Tom Barrasso stole games. You know, it's like we don't have anybody that steals games. I, I I like DeSmith for the fact that he plays disc golf. I don't like if he did not play disc golf, would I give a shit about DeSmith? Probably not. <laughs> and I'm yeah, sorry there, there to are say extenuating that. circumstances there. And yeah, I gave I gave that dude all the benefit of the doubt 
forever because he is a career backup player. He's not good enough to be a starter, but because Jari is made of glass and is injured so constantly, that puts DeSmith up in a at least a 1A, 1B tandem, which he is not. He is definitely a career backup, and putting him in with that much ice time means he becomes Swiss cheese. I'm no longer defending him. He's fucking terrible. Like, yeah. he gets absolutely lit up day in, day out, regardless of how good or bad the defense is playing. Uh, there's there's no more defending the dude. Like, yeah. he's a career backup. He is absolutely expendable. Why the fuck are they constantly giving <laughs> giving him uh, recognition and ice time? No, go play disc golf someplace else. It, it's like, I look forward to his disc golf career. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When he retires from the NHL and we can be like, oh, yeah, we watched him when now he's um, playing on the pro-ams. Go go someplace else. Yeah. Um, not on the Penguins. Yeah. There there are many, many um, issues up and down. And like you said, if the if the Penguins do manage to get into the playoffs, that first round is going to be brutal and they will be golfing very soon afterwards. So mm-hmm. as a fan with a more of a long-term vision and knowing what is coming. I would rather not prolong the pain like Detroit did when they were trying to get, you know, a quarter century of playoff contention and playoff placement. They dragged the corpse of their reputation, kicking and screaming. But what, what else were they going to do? They weren't going to trade Pavel Daxut or um, Henrik Zetterberg. They're not going to trade those guys. Those were the cornerstone no. of the team. Same thing with the Penguins. They're not going to trade Malkin or Latang. In fact, rumor goes they fired the dude who did try to trade Latang. So yeah. whatever. They're not the Penguins, the organization is not going to allow those guys to be traded. Cool. Then you guys aren't going to win get in the playoffs. And I hope, like I said, as a fan with a long-term vision, I hope that not making the playoffs at all and seeing that streak end definitively like you you can play word semantics and say well when they lost to montreal uh, a couple years back in the bubble that wasn't the playoffs that was just the postseason cool okay so we've got like 19 years of postseason appearances whatever like that streak you can play around with playoffs versus postseason and i don't care this one is definitive you do not make the playoffs you do not make the postseason they're one and the same your streak ends so get with the rebuild now. Have that be the kick in the pants to make some fucking changes in the organization and the team, hopefully, so that we can get back to being above average. I don't want the Penguins to be the Minnesota Wild. No. And, and if something like the Rangers, who were fucking shitty, you know, oh could turn God. it around as quickly as they have. I'm not yeah. saying that they're like going to win the Stanley Cup this year or anything, but man, they're competitive. Yeah, a year and a half rebuild for those guys. They look dangerous. And yeah. their buyers, they have lots of guys on really good contracts and they're able to steal people from uh, you know, much bigger markets to or bigger bigger markets around the NHL as opposed to like Arizona or Anaheim yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, they steal guys off of the Blues to go and play for the Rangers, they're looking really good. They're looking dominant. They have a very good chance of going a lot farther than just the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. That's and, the way you do what, a rebuild, man. And what do they have? They have fucking goaltending. They have oh, fucking yeah. speed. 
they have people that are fucking hungry. They've and, got good uh, young defensemen that yeah. have matured very, very quickly. So say we make the playoffs, we're out in the first round. That's that's one scenario. Another scenario, we don't make the playoffs. Okay, so we don't make the playoffs. Is Sullivan gone? Is fucking Gensel gone? Is is Rust gone? Is everybody other than Crosby, Malkin, and Latang gone? I don't think anybody is touching Rust's contract. He signed for too long. He's stuck here as well. He's stuck here until that contract ends, same way as Carter does. Gensel is a little bit of a wild card, depending on what comes down the line. I could see him traded probably not this offseason, but depending on how bad they do, whether they make it into the playoffs this year or are shut out of it, as well as what their standing is in, say, this upcoming December, if they're still bottom of the pack, Gensel's gone. I think he would be traded for a couple of really good draft picks. This is the year it would have been good to trade him for draft picks. You get him in to somebody who is pretty low. This even with the Bedard sweepstakes and people tanking for him, there's a pretty good like top 15. So this would be the year to send him out. Problem is, I don't, I don't think there's an appetite in the organization to let him go. He's still producing, not as consistently as I think folks would like, but he's a proven NHL player. A, a first round draft pick, a middle first round draft pick could be anything. It could even mm-hmm. be a boat, you know? Yeah. Um, so that that's a gamble that may or may not pan out. We already know Gensel can play in the league draft pick may or may not goal. Goaltending is light. There's nobody in the, the pipeline that they all got traded away. There's very few people that are playing right now that are available either for trades or as free agents coming up in the off season. Don't know what they're going to do about that. And, um, the, the defense is a little light and I don't think, um, the defensive coach for the Penguins really knows how to do anything anymore because they're not training up players all that well. Our biggest, brightest star is P.O. Joseph. And to to make that uh, analogy with the Rangers, you've got Adam Fox and Keandre Miller over there that are lighting shit up. They are amazing. When they're on the ice, you can tell they're on the ice. P.O. Joseph is like, he doesn't even make a cut there. No. So, but uh, yeah, it is, I, I know what's coming. I would just rather get it over with more quickly. And that yeah. means not making it into the playoffs at all this year, watching other teams pass the Penguins by in the standings and then laughing as the Penguins all get a bus ride out to the golf course. Well, I mean, considering we have how many days left until the the trade deadline, and, uh, and it's it's just like it's under two weeks now. It is March third, yeah. I think, something like that. Yeah. So, and th- so there's no rumblings we, at all. No, there's there's no rumblings. There's no nothing. It's like w- we have no room to do anything. So so unless you know somebody agrees to to take on some stupidity, you know, I don't see it happening. So it just it, it's just frustrating because you love the sweater. And you you fucking root for that sweater. But we have this team that you have these superstars, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, And yes, so let's say they re- all retire here. That's fantastic. I mean, I like Gensel. I like Rust, you know. But other than that, it's like we have a lot of dead weight, a lot of bullshit, and no room to move any anything. 
and you better put some respect on no, Raquel's name. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. He, he surprised you know, me. I, I like him a lot. He surprised me with just how well he fit in. Yeah, you know what? He has played very well this year and 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 everything. So I I'm not saying anything bad against him or anything. I'm I'm just saying like overall, you know, we do have a lot of dead weight and it, it's like we're 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 like in this golden age. It's just like we all, you know, as as an organization, we're it's like we have Crosby, we have Malkin, and we have Latang. We can compete with anybody. Um, no, we can't. It's clear we can't. Have yeah. you watched any of the fucking games over the last like four seasons? It's we look slow, we look tired, you know, and, and it's just I'm not saying that Sullivan is a bad coach. You know, maybe he has been with the organization too long, uh, but he's he's a successful coach. I'm not saying anything bad about him, but maybe he doesn't have the room anymore. Maybe it's just like the players have been here for so long. There's no f- like fresh blood. Anybody that's just like, you know, wants to shake anything up. So everyone's coming in and they're just like us going to work every day and just be like, OK, I'm just here for the paycheck. That's what they're doing. And you know what? You you definitely have a point there. I just saw an article. I forget who it was. I don't know if it, it Rob Rossi, who is just a fucking atrocious writer to begin with. I think he was quoting something that Bob Barry actually said that was sort of semi on the record. It might have just been like he was reiterating something that was said during a post game conference. And the, the gist of it was nobody has the fear of being benched. Like if, if you underperform and are doing shitty, generally a coach will bench your ass or will put you on a healthy scratch and you will be out. It, they did that with Kapanen earlier yes. this year and last year. Like he was terrible and they put him as a healthy scratch to try to teach him a lesson. And he came back and I think I even mentioned this on the, the podcast a few episodes back where like he started to impress me because he did better and then he leveled off and tanked again. But there was that fear of you're getting benched, you're getting scratched, uh, you're not playing, you're not competing. Nobody has that fear right now. Nobody cares. There's no incentive to actually to, to play well enough to not be benched or not be scratched. So that like, oh, all right, it's another night. I guess we'll go out there and, you know try our best and then get mm-hmm. fucking smoked because we're up for one and then forget how to play that, that, that um, disincentive <laughs> isn't there right now. Mm-hmm. So what happens if we, if we, if we tank the rest of the rest of the year, is there any chance that we can fucking get the number one pick zero? There, yeah. There's no chance. There are other teams that have explicitly been tanking for much longer than the Penguins thought they could. There, there is no chance that the Penguins will drop far enough that they will have a shot at Connor Bedard. They could still get a pretty good draft pick in this draft that is pretty deep, but uh, no, Bedard is not coming to Pittsburgh. It is likely that there's going to be a rush between um, the Ducks, the Sharks, Montreal, Columbus. Mm-hmm. There was one other one in there. Oh, and Chicago. Those are pretty much the front runners to the sweaters that Bedard is going to be wearing. And the Ducks seem like they're running away with that unless the Blue Jackets, like the lottery odds end up thrown into Columbus. But yeah, the Penguins, oh. not a chance. Like they're, they're zero, zero percent chance that uh, they'll fall enough in the lottery sweepstakes to pick him up. So yeah, no generational talent. Uh, shenanigans for the penguins again 
Well, you know, we've been lucky enough to have Lemieux, have Yager, have Crosby, Flurry, Malkin, Latang. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we we we've been fans of the team long enough to know that there is that ebb and flow. We lived through the X generation with um mm-hmm. uh, some very, very terrible players. And eventually it got better because we did get Flurry and Malkin and Crosby and then saw a bunch of Stanley Cups come Pittsburgh's way. And it's entertaining to watch those games again. There are going to be dark times ahead. I would just, like I said, I want that to be as short as possible. I want to take a page out of the New York Rangers book on how to rebuild quickly so that that competitive team is back in play again. I really don't want to be, like I said, I don't want to be the Minnesota Wild where, hey, all right, we made the playoffs. Well, shit, that was a good four games, you know, year after year after year after year. That's just repetitive and no thanks. Yeah. So dark times ahead. Yeah. Let's just get through that tunnel quickly. That's all I'm asking. And if that means being sellers at this, this trade deadline, acknowledging, even if you do happen to sniff the playoffs, you're not going far in it. This, this year is a bust. Suck it up. Move on to the next uh, streak. Start up, start back at one. Well, I'll say this. If we don't make the playoffs this year, just fucking drop the bomb. Get rid of Hextall. Get rid of Burke. Get rid of fucking half the team. Keep the core, you know, that you want to keep because you don't want to get rid of them. But just fucking start new. Just start it. Just do it all at once. Just get it over with. Don't rip off fucking, that band-aid. Just rip it off and fucking let it breathe. So... That is all I really want to talk about hockey or anything at this matter, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that was my, I, I told you before this, my topics I've got, I've been watching hockey and I've been playing Monster Hunter and we covered both those topics. So I'm good. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm good for right now. I'm, uh, you know, there's a lot of things happening in the world and in sports and just in life and whatever, just. It's just, it's just a lot. So yeah, I'm glad that we are, we, uh, we get to do this. <laughs> oh, sure. Yep. Um, so, uh, thank you everybody for giving us a listen. I hope we entertained you everyone, you know, Tony, it's been a pleasure and, um, yeah, let's do this again. Sounds good to me. All right. Good night all.